Hey, Podmates. This is Ori. Welcome to this episode of OrcaPod, a deep dive into DeFi from the builder's perspective. I'm one of the co-founders of Orca, the most user-friendly DEX on Solana. In this episode, I'm excited to welcome Milan Patel, our head of business development and the face of Orca to the wider Solana ecosystem. Welcome, Milan. Hey, Ori. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining us. So before we get into the, the meat of this episode, you actually have a pretty amazing story for how you got into crypto. Care to fill in our listeners? Yeah, for sure. So I got into crypto in 2017. And back then I had just left my job and had a list on a little post-it note of kind of things I wanted to look into. One of them was crypto, one of them was biotech, uh, and another one was AI. And as I started going down that list, um, within a few days of just reading up on Bitcoin and Ethereum, pretty much fell in love immediately. Started going down the rabbit hole, spent a few months just reading as much as I could on crypto, and eventually ended up in Japan uh, to see kind of how the crypto ecosystem was growing there. Why Japan? So in 2017, uh, a lot of the trading volume and a lot of the interest was coming from Japan and Korea. So I wasn't really too sure whether the industry was a real industry and something I wanted to commit the next five years working on. So I decided to go check out and kind of on the ground, see how the industry is growing in Japan. And there were a lot of Ethereum conferences and kind of different crypto conferences going on in that area. So I figured it would be nice to go and learn kind of in person and meet a bunch of people that have been working in crypto for a really long time. Right. That makes sense. So that actually sets the stage really well for the main topic that I was hoping to talk about today, which is actually kind of a contrast from our previous episode with TMOC, where we talked about working in DeFi as an engineer. And given that, although you can code a little bit, the main thing that you do at Orca is actually business development. Most of what you do isn't coding. And so I thought it might be really interesting for us to talk about all the different things you do at Orca, as well as potentially offer some advice for folks who are looking to break into the field who aren't necessarily as technical. How's that sound? No, that sounds great. Um, I feel like there's a lot of folks, especially with the past couple of years of growth in crypto that are trying to break into crypto, but don't really know where to start. Totally. That's what, what I've been thinking. And, you know, especially with the way that crypto and DeFi and NFTs are really blowing up more and more these days, I'm getting folks even just like from my wider network reach out and be like, hey, so this Orca thing, tell me <laughs> about that. And I'm like, you should talk to Milan. <laughs> but in any case, uh, want to give us a story of actually how you came to work at Orca specifically? For sure. So on that trip to Japan, pretty much two weeks in, uh, I decided to go to a Bitcoin meetup. And that's actually where I met Yutaro. And it was at a Bitcoin meetup in Tokyo. Um, we pretty much just looked at each other and were like, you seem like you're from New York. Uh, and that we both were from New York and we had both actually worked in the same building in Midtown. Uh, so from there, we got a co-working space for a few months in uh, Roppongi and then worked from there and just pretty much went down different rabbit holes, learning about token economics, partially a little bit about code, uh, and just diving into kind of every aspect of crypto. Wait, wait, wait. So I, I don't even know this part, but are you telling me that you went to a Bitcoin meetup in Tokyo and you picked out Utaro as the one from New York? Trust me, if you've been to a Bitcoin meetup in Tokyo, uh, not many people look like they they came straight out of New York City. <laughs> it was it was pretty easy to pick up. Huh. Okay. Well, I think you you have much better New York radar than I do because the first time I met Utaro, I was like, Hajime Mashite. He must be <laughs> Japanese. And he was like, yo, I'm Utaro. And I was like, oh. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, you speak English. <laughs> uh, 
But again, you're much sharper than we are, um, or than I am, rather. And so, yeah, I guess like the actual story for specifically how you came to work at Orca was just a few months ago, right? So you had known Utaro for a while. Yep. And then uh, a few months ago, I really wanted to join a Solana project and pretty much get involved in building on Solana. Uh, and that was mainly because in the past, I've worked on kind of more infrastructure companies. So I used to work at a staking company and we would run infrastructure across like 40 different proof of stake chains. But this summer, it was kind of the time to to dive deep on a single project and really build out something cool in the ecosystem. Uh, so I called up Utaro probably a few months back and pretty much mainly for advice to ask kind of where he would go and where what he would be most interested in working on on Solana. And he asked, would you want to come work at Orca? And I thought, that's a really good opportunity. And uh, I'd love to work with Utaro. And now I've met you. And, and so far, the team's been really awesome to work with. I'm really glad to hear that because I really cannot overstate how grateful I am to have you on the team. I really remember the day distinctly that Utaro was like, hey, so, you know, I know we've been looking for someone to help with like marketing and BD and everything. And I think I might know someone and I think he can start tomorrow. And I was like, what? <laughs> but yeah, it's really been such a blessing to have you on the team. And so I wonder if you could tell our listeners a little bit more about what it's been like specifically working in BD at a DeFi protocol. For sure. Um, and yeah, I agree. The timing, the timing was pretty fateful. <laughs> so on the BD front at Orca, overall, it's been really awesome and essentially for a lot of the same reasons that I fell in love with Bitcoin back a few years ago and Ethereum a few years ago. And that's really the community of people building on Solana are, are really driven and interested in building the future of finance. So I feel like every one of the teams I talk to or the projects that we're partnering with, uh, we can pretty much have a chat on any topic in crypto and we both learn a lot and have a ton of fun. So getting to meet all of these interesting teams around the world working on really cool things has been amazing. And one of the things that I felt a few years ago, both on Bitcoin and Ethereum, and now I feel again with Solana, is that when you're kind of faced with this decision on a Friday night of, do you want to go explore the city that you're in or go do something that normally would be considered fun? Or do you want to hang out and talk about Solana and crypto? I pretty much always pick the latter every single time. Yeah, and I think one really cool part about BD in DeFi and in Solana and in crypto generally that you don't really see until you go and start working in the weeds is about how truly global all of these teams are. Uh, so users are pretty much in every country across the world. And same thing with the projects and the different teams across the ecosystem. And I used to, I studied at Georgetown School of Foreign Service and then worked as a management consultant. So those by every traditional metrics are very international but neither of them really holds a candle to kind of what's going on in crypto right now and the movement that we're seeing. Yeah, you're so right. Like recently, just last week, I actually sent out a, a screener to basically find users to do research with because everything we do at Orca is based on actual interviews with users. And one of the questions was, where in the world are you located? And even I was shocked by actually how truly global it is. You know, I think we had people from every continent except Antarctica represented on that survey. And I won't be surprised if we have an Antarctica on there soon. Uh, but that actually kind of reminds me of another topic that I wanted to bring up briefly, which is actually that uh, the two of us are actually both here in New York, 
which is actually pretty rare because our team is normally totally distributed, you know, Hong Kong, Shanghai, London, Dubai, et cetera, et cetera. And so what has it actually been like working in person with some of the folks on Orca this month? Oh, man. I know I know the current consensus on, on Twitter and pretty much the world is that remote is definitely the future. Um, I've definitely really enjoyed co-working together. I think the team that's been in New York City has gotten to know each other really well. We've gotten to work a lot more efficiently and kind of learned a lot more from each other in just the past maybe three weeks of being co-located. So it's been really great to kind of have a team and in the same location and just sitting next to each other and kind of just going through going through what we need to do. Yeah, I love the idea of having us be truly remote and distributed and that everyone can really be where they want to be or where they need to be and that our talent isn't restricted by someone's geographic choice, but also having the ability to meet up, I think is something that's been so powerful and that I want to maintain about Orca going forward. Uh, but another topic that I wanted to touch on is actually on your journey learning to code. So before you came to Orca, one of the things that really stood out to me is that you said that you thought you should learn to code in order to really break into DeFi and that you even went to a coding boot camp. So like, what's the story there? And do you still think that was the right decision? Yeah. So I'll give the quick background on that. Basically, I'd been in crypto for about a year. And as you dive into crypto and especially DeFi, Essentially, what everyone is building is unstoppable code running on a blockchain, and it doesn't matter kind of what chain you're running, what chain you're building on, um, but you are essentially shipping software. So, to me, it was really important to at least get a basic understanding of programming, and that's why I decided to attend a coding bootcamp and took a few months off to do that. Um, I think overall, it's been immensely helpful. Uh, at a high level, it really helps you understand different projects. It helps you communicate with engineers, whether it's yourself or the rest of the team or externally. And then it really helps you to dive deeper in the tech. So you can actually read the contract, understand different APIs. Um, so each of those basically just makes you learn a lot faster. Do I think that people need to attend a coding bootcamp? Definitely not. I think you can learn everything on your own. For me, it was pretty much that I just wanted to speed up the learning as much as possible. So a three-month coding bootcamp seemed to make sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think one of the key parts for someone that's more on the business development or marketing or essentially non-tech side of learning at least the basics of code is that you can ask the right questions and you can build that understanding of whatever project you're working on a lot quicker than you probably could before. So some really practical examples. Um, on the day-to-day, -day, it's been really useful to complete really small tasks that require minor engineering knowledge. So whether it's a user that's having some issue and they need to debug it in Chrome console, or if it's submitting a PR to some external partner's repo to do a quick fix. On that stuff, it's really useful. And it just gives you a little bit of ownership and ability to execute a lot of things that you previously couldn't. And then on a higher level, given that crypto moves so quickly, being able to learn really, really fast is pretty key. And being able to stay on top of the trends is pretty key. And I think a programming background definitely helps there. But you definitely don't need it in order to break into crypto. I think there's a lot of spikes skill-wise on a lot of different dimensions that you could have, whether that's marketing or writing or communication and teaching, so providing education to your users. So there's a whole bunch of things that you can 
you can definitely excel at that don't require programming, but it's just a little bit helpful. Yeah, I can definitely resonate with that. Like these days, I'm not writing that much code myself, but the fact that I do come from a coding background and that I can code if I want to, I think also really helps when I'm doing even the design for Orca or talking to other projects. So I see it as definitely not a binary. I think it's easy for people to be like, well, you're an engineer or you're not an engineer. But, you know, coding is just another skill in your toolbox. And so I think it's one that people can think about adding, even if they're not aiming to be an engineer. And it's totally fine to do a boot camp or just go study on your own and get that little bit of technical knowledge that'll take you over the edge, even if you don't want to be sitting in front of a computer writing code 10 hours a day. So rewinding a little bit to the story you told earlier about how you were breaking into the Solana ecosystem, or rather looking to break into the Solana ecosystem, and and we scooped you up, so to speak. We feel very lucky, of course. Um, But if you weren't working at Orca, what do you think you would be working on now? That's a really easy answer. I think it would be NFTs. (laughs) I I really loved NFTs in 2018 and 2019. I thought they were super cool, and the ERC721 standard was awesome. Um, But I think they're really coming into life kind of this year. And the main reason is that I think it's the future, it's the next iteration of kind of where social circles on the internet is going. So if we look back when I was younger, pretty much all of my interactions online were through either my email address, my phone contact list, or an AIM username. And then eventually we started getting a lot of external connections through something like Twitter that allowed you to kind of talk to anyone in the world who is on the social network. And now I think that NFTs are a really cool way that you can, that are both externally facing and it shows a shared value. So for example, if you're purchasing an NFT that a few thousand other people have purchased, you're pretty much indicating that you share some values with them and that you're part of the same club. And I think that's really cool. And Mm. it's gonna evolve in ways that we don't really expect yet. But I definitely think it's a trend that's going to stay. Definitely. I I think you and me both are really excited about the NFT project that we're working on internally at Orca as well, um, which I'm only going to tease here and not give too many details about because we're still kind of getting them sorted out. But I really appreciate having your insight here as someone who is so early to NFTs. Uh, And I think that it's really only going to get more exciting and more integrated with other DeFi protocols and with the real world from here on out. Which actually is a good segue into another question that I'd love to ask you about, which is, what do you think DeFi will look like in five years? And just to give a little context for this question, here in the Orca team, if if I have a question about something in DeFi, whether it's like, what is the difference between this protocol or that protocol, or, you know, what, what, what va- NFT projects have value? Milan is the one that I ask because he's so deep in crypto. I just love this stuff and has, I think, a really, really long-term view. Yeah, I really do love this stuff. <laughs> I think I usually say this privately, but in crypto, I usually like to ask the question to myself of what will my kids be using in 10 or 20 years? Uh, and I found it a really f- useful framing, uh, mainly because it's it takes into account kind of a younger mindset and It's also really hard to predict the trends, but I can definitely say there's a few things in DeFi that I think will occur over these next five years, 10 years, who knows, depending on the Mm -hmm. pace of crypto. But uh, the first one I would say is that my kids will never have a bank account. So even Mm -hmm. right now, Orca uses SPL USDC to do payments, whether that's externally or internally for, for all of us. And I think that's really, really cool. And I think more and more people will start earning in crypto, 
spending in crypto and saving in crypto. I think we're just right at the beginning. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I'm super excited for whatever app, probably maybe Phantom for iOS and Android to, to come out such that when we go out to lunch, I can just pay you back in SPL USDC. Yep, 100%. It's just a better system overall. Like there's, there's almost zero downside to using it and all, all upside. So yeah, so I think they definitely won't have a bank account. I think given that you won't have a bank account, the nature of a savings account is really going to change. So in a former life, I used to work for a lot of financial institutions and helping them on like product strategy and managing risk. And one of the key things when you work in a lot of these banks is that you see all of the different products they have. And the cool part about DeFi and even something like Orca's AMM is that you can pretty much slice off individual product lines from a traditional institution or a bank and programmatically implement it on a blockchain. And it's really one of the key things there is like, it's really incredible that an AMM like Orca can open up market making to the regular user and they can earn higher yields than they would in pretty much any traditional traditional bank account that they would ever be able to find. Mm. Um, so I think piece by piece, DeFi is going to decentralize each of the bank's individual functions. There will definitely be some that you just can't, but a lot of them will and a lot of the benefit and yield that is currently taken by middleman will eventually flow to the end user. Yeah, that, that's actually exactly the the model or the, the frame of mind that we were operating on when Utaro and I actually experimented with building the first little crypto MVP we built together, Wallaroo, which is that high, um, high yield savings app basically on Ethereum. And so far, nobody has really made this normie-friendly normie or even like remotely normie-friendly, I think, while still remaining decentralized. But that, that vault sort of model that Wi-Fi pioneered, I think, is so powerful. And it's really the risks that have kept us away mm-hmm. in, from making that a reality right now. But I feel like it's only a few years out. Yep. And I think that kind of goes to my last thought of where DeFi will be in five years. I think over time, more and more people will start trusting a smart contract more than they do their bank. And I think this is pretty much inevitable in that the smart contract is based on math and code. And after a few years of being out there in the wild, it's a lot more proven. And in my view, I've already changed my mind to be that I'd rather trust the smart contract over a bank. But I think more and more people kind of throughout society will eventually come to that conclusion. And long term, they'll just be using and interacting with smart contracts on the daily. I totally agree. And I think once you've seen that firsthand, and which is the case in a lot of countries that aren't in the, the more developed world, it's really hard to see anything else. Like I always think back on this project I did back when I worked at IDEO, which was actually in Indonesia and working in sort of the, the fintech space. And the default frame of mind there is really to not trust banks, at least based on, you know, all the user research I conducted there. Like people inherently would rather keep their money in gold in their closet or in their bed under a Quran is something that I heard. And so I really don't think it's actually that much of a leap to go from from something that's that, you know, risky where, you know, people can actually just have their savings stolen if it's in gold under their mattress than to a smart contract where everything can be quite secure thanks to the power of code. Yep. I actually think it's a bigger leap for people in the US and kind of Western countries than it is for the developing world. I studied international development and in the developing world, there's so many different ways that you store your money, transact your money and do various things that you need to with your money that 
they will welcome the innovation that comes with DeFi, I think a lot easier than, than we would normally in kind of the United States. Totally. Yeah. And I think this just echoes the point that you made earlier around the global nature of DeFi. I think many of you, even those of you who have interacted with Milan through our partner projects, will probably not know that Milan actually speaks fluent Spanish too, as well as a number of other languages. And I think that's something that we're going to find being increasingly important too is, is protocols acknowledging that there are communities out there that are not just English speaking. And it's something that we aspire to definitely further down the line for ORCA to build more of these regional communities. But that brings me to perhaps the last topic that I wanted to talk about today. And again, this is kind of echoing the question that I asked TMOC at the end of the last episode. But what advice do you have for folks who want to work in DeFi but aren't technical? Yeah, there's a lot of advice I could give. I think... The biggest alpha would be make use of your Discord account. So join a bunch of different projects, Discords, get involved in them, uh, provide some type of value for whatever you're really good at. It could be on the design front. It could be producing YouTube videos that teach you how to use the product. Uh, It could be providing translations, Mm -hmm. kind of as you're talking about, to help turn the product uh, more global. So just provide value in a bunch of different projects that you think are really cool and participate pretty actively in them. And I think you'll be surprised by kind of the opportunities that open up by being deep in these communities. And I think you'll also be surprised by how small a lot of these communities really are right now. And that, especially in Solana, like you're really, really early. So it definitely pays to be active in the discords and learning about a bunch of different projects. Definitely. And I would also just add on to that and say, if you're interested in potentially working for a project, it definitely doesn't hurt to ask. You know, like we weren't even thinking of originally trying to hire you when when I think Utara was catching up with you. And often just because a, a project doesn't have a job listing doesn't mean they're not looking. It might just mean yeah. that like in in our case, we were so busy coding that we didn't really think to, to write up a job listing at that time. And so just like being committed, being active, and then just being like, hey, you know, I think your project's really cool and I'd love to contribute is a great place to start. Yep. Um, and we've definitely added a lot of really great community managers in exactly that way that we've saw they were actively contributing really intelligent and smart at kind of explaining different topics to users. And eventually we brought them on board and they've been really fantastic so far. Yeah, huge shout out to our first ever CM, Sloth, our our China CM, Ibo, and our most recent addition to the team, Leo. I'm so excited to hang out with all of you, hopefully meet some of you in Lisbon. And honestly, yeah, I'm just so proud of the team that we've built here at Orca. And I know that that's just going to continue because of the nature of the kinds of people who are attracted to to work in this little section of DeFi. Yep, definitely echo those sentiments. Uh, those guys are awesome and and pretty much take care of a lot of users daily, which is awesome. Super, super grateful for you guys. But in any case, thank you so much for sharing your insights, Milan. I know that our listeners are really going to appreciate all that alpha that you just leaked about working in BD. So stay tuned for the next episode. Check us out at Twitter at Orca underscore SO and also join our Discord and Telegram through the links in the show notes. So once again, Milan, really appreciate having you here. Thanks, Ari, for having me on. It was fun. Thanks, all. It's been a splash.